it's hard to beat, but we are looking forward uh, for, for the challenge. And as we had already many challenges this season. And in boxing, Anthony Joshua has won his heavyweight fight against American Jermaine Franklin by unanimous decision in London. From Radio News Hub, I'm Edward Breslin. Here are the words every timeshare owner will be dreading to hear. Your 2023 timeshare maintenance fees are due. If you own a timeshare, you need to consider whether it's a good investment. MyTimeshareClaim.co.uk has helped thousands of owners who were missold exit their contract and receive compensation. If you bought a timeshare after 5th of January 1999, text TIME to 78900. That's TIME to 78900 to find out more. Bishop FM Weather. A cloudy start for most places with some light rain and drizzle, but the cloud breaking with sunny spells this afternoon. Highs of 14 degrees Celsius. Peter Rush at the heart of the community on 105.9 Bishop FM. Green Matters is sponsored by Image Alterations, where the magic happens. Contact us through our website, imagebride.co.uk. Peter Rush. Bishop FM. Welcome to uh, Green Matters uh, here on uh, Bishop FM. Uh, a series of programmes uh, to complement the uh, Green Fair, which uh, this year uh, is uh, happening uh, at the uh, Bishop Auckland Methodist Church on Saturday the 24th of June. Uh, this month, uh, the programme is all about food waste, uh, a subject that's uh, very important uh, to us all. We've got uh, interviews uh, from... Uh, Lots of uh, fantastic and inspirational people. Joanne Oyston from uh, Little Chefs, uh, Big Chefs. Uh, she's here to talk to us about uh, her operation in uh, St. Ellen's, Auckland. Nikki from uh, Refuse, uh, the uh, cafe in uh, Chester Street. But we're going to start off uh, with an update from Daniel. And I asked him uh, how things were going with the planning for the Green Fair this year? Yeah, going very well, thank you. Um, things are hotting up a bit. We're, we're only, well, just over three months away um, from, from uh, putting this fair on. So um, we've got a lot to, a lot to get through, but um, we're making good progress. Uh, I think the best thing for me is that we've got a wonderful team of folks come together to make this happen, including your good self and, uh, and your colleague Gillian from, uh, from Bishop FM, for which we're you know, incredibly grateful. Um, and uh, but all sorts of other folk who've got different different perspectives on things. Um, we've got some town councillors coming on board. We've got folk who are really good at the social media side of things. Um, we've we've got uh, Gornus Gateway supporting us with a more sort of you know protocol <laughs> admin type side of things. Um, so it really feels like there's a, there's a group of folk with lots of different skills that they're bringing to this, and, and really you know great commitment and enthusiasm to make it happen so i'm encouraged so how are the because you you've been having probably a couple of bloody meetings uh, each month uh, what sort of things have been discussed and what sort of things can we expect uh, at the uh, at the fair this year yeah, so, uh, well, planning meetings, um, we've sort of initially just thrown it out there saying, like, well, what do we want to happen this year? Um, and I think the consensus has generally been we'll have something that's similar to what happened last year. It won't be massively different. Um, but we kind of want to, what we were talking about recently is we'd like to have a lot of, um, a lot of good practical stuff going on. So some um, things that people can really join in with, get their hands into, you know, um, have a go at in some way, rather than just listening to people talking. So, so we may have a slightly sort of reduced talking aspect and a bit more practical hands-on type thing. So, so um, we're all individually following up different leads that we have, trying to get hold of people who will be able to help us do that. We've already got people signed up who are going to help us with um, seed saving and sewing, that kind of thing, um, fabric um, upcycling. Um, some of the things that we had last year, but we'll hopefully have some things around food happening this year as well. Maybe a chance for people to have a go at learning a bit more about um, cooking healthy food with vegetables, that kind of thing. The other side of things that we've had really at the planning meetings have been thinking about 
particularly about funding because <laughs> last year we we kind of winged it on a, on almost nothing. We we had a you know we we were very um, fortunate to have a, a free venue last year and uh, we just managed really with almost no money. Um, we realised that this year we're going to have to do a bit of fundraising, um, partly because we need to actually pay for a venue this year. But um, but there will be other costs as well, um, and so we're sort of just putting it out there where we're talking to local councillors who have little pots of money that we might be able to make use of um uh, who've been very helpful actually um and so yes we're, we're we're working through some of that stuff and um hopefully we'll we'll have enough to to make things happen um not just this year i don't think we just want to to get a big load of money and splash it all in one day to have a to have a nice event wonderful where that would be um we really want something ongoing here we want something that will um Will be will maybe be running for a f- for a few years at least, hopefully, and uh, you know, in including things that happen in between green fairs, much like your your radio show that that folk are listening to now, which you know is all part of that conversation. We we want to have a kind of a a movement here, to be honest, um, that that's um, that, that's more than just just you know hiring a place and putting on a show for a few hours, um, and and that's why we're having to do a bit more work on the the background stuff, I suppose, raising a bit of funding, making sure that we've got all the the necessary um, protocol in place and all that kind of stuff. Now, anybody can uh, come to the meetings. The planning meetings, uh, I mentioned just a, a while ago there, are probably a couple of meetings a month. And, and, and we'll advertise uh, the meetings coming up uh, towards the end of the hour. Um, but you, you were saying that you've got a, a diverse attendance, if you like. Yeah, um, and... and in reality, we can't expect everybody to turn up at every meeting. Um, I think as long as we've got a core group that you know there each time, it seems to be fine. And um, and we do also have a kind of a WhatsApp group, as as um, as you'll know, which um, so those who are not able to come to meetings can still be part of the process. Um, so uh, yeah, and and if if there's anybody listening now who thinks oh they'd love to be part of that, then um, do get in touch. Um, and we can, uh, you know, think about uh, maybe coming along and joining us. We've had uh, we've had a, a wonderful young man called James who's come along with his with his mum as well. Um, and it was really good to have him. I thought he brought some interesting perspectives. Um, we still don't have a lot of young people involved in in making this happen. And if there are any young people who are keen to be part of this, um, we'd love to hear from you, especially. So really, things are are going quite well then, Daniel. I think so. I mean, I, I always get the jitters because <laughs> there's always like a, you know, lots of things you have to think about, and and uh, and you suddenly think, oh no, we've only got a few months, and we've got to do all these things and make them happen. But um, but I, I feel we're on course, and um, you know, the, the heart of it is that there's a really committed, um, enthusiastic group of people here who really want something to happen. As I say, not just a one-off event, but but to see something really beginning to. Um, to gather momentum here in Bishop Auckland around just helping people understand um, these issues really around how we can live more sustainably and more healthily, more um, more respectfully of the planet that we live on. Well, keep us uh, keep us informed as, as things uh, go on, uh, Daniel. But for now, Daniel, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Peter. I'm with uh, Nancy at uh, Bishop Auckland Baptist Church. Nancy, thanks for talking to us on Green Matters. You're very welcome, and good morning to you too, Peter. Um, now, we're, we're in the kitchen at the Baptist Church, and uh, particularly on a Wednesday, you do a lot of cooking, and you use food that maybe would go to waste. So just tell us a little bit about what you do. I get donations from the supermarkets in the town. I get donations from number 42 in the Market Square. Today I am doing pie, mashed potato, peas and carrots, all of which have been donated at some point. Um, I do charge on a Wednesday, but you do get a two-course meal. Tuesdays and Thursdays I do warm space where you can come and get hot food if I've got anything in. Otherwise, I will find you something. I will make you leek and potato soup, vegetable soup. I will do anything I can to help because I don't like to waste food. So does your menu each time that you cook depend on what food you've got available? It does. It largely depends on what donations have been given either on a Tuesday for a Wednesday, 
or a Wednesday for, to use on a Thursday. If it's savable and freezable for us, we will do that and we will use it in future weeks. And, and for lunch, how many people do you, do you generally cook for? Generally, on a good week, it's about 30 people. We do get a local nursing home in, who bring about six people in with carers, and then lots of general public, young and old, right across so, the board. So can, can anybody come along? Anybody at all. Fantastic. Now, you do charge... Uh, I notice uh, f on a Wednesday, lunch will be £2. For £2 this, w this week in particular, you can have pie, mashed peas, carrots with gravy, and then you can have rice pudding or you can have jam tart and custard. Lots of tea and coffee, juice if you want, and it's only £2. Fantastic. And coffee, 50p for a coffee. <laughs> so I charge 50p so that I've got money in the pot to buy the papers to go in the machine. Oh, I see. It's like filter coffee. It's filter coffee, yeah. But I, I bet it tastes lovely, though. Personally, I don't like it. I don't drink <laughs> it. But it does sell well, especially to the Reverend from across the Methodist Church. Oh, Reverend Purdy. Yes, John Purdy. Yeah. Yes, he does love a nice coffee, I'm told. Yes, he's, he's talked to us many a time about that. He does. He does. He loves his coffee. And I cater for vegetarians as well, if I know in advance. I try to cater for everybody who has allergies, intolerances. If I know in advance, I will do my best to make them food. Fantastic. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic journey. Just, just tell me how you got involved in this, Nancy. My daughter, Kirsty, decided she would come and help out at a group that was going on at the time. She persuaded me to come for a, a coffee and a biscuit and a chat. I seen the lady in the kitchen struggling. I helped her there. And I've never left two years down the line. <laughs> so that was two years ago. Two years in May. Fantastic. And y usually you have help. I know, I know you, you're pretty much on your own today. Well, you've got, you've got various people helping. Uh, but usually Marion's here, isn't she? I do have help in the kitchen, i.e. for serving and washing up. Um, Marion's better out in the lounge talking to our clientele. Um, she's there if somebody needs to chat about various things whether it's mental health, health, money matters, if she can help, she will. Well, look, I, I can see you're very busy. You've got some pies and you've got some fruit. Uh, so it's, I think you've got, you've got a few apples this week, haven't you? So what are you, what are you going to be making with that? I think I'll be making um, apple crumble this week. I've got fresh oranges if anybody just wants a piece of fresh fruit. I've got strawberries in my fridge. And I've got lots of other bits and pieces that I will be putting out, i.e. crisps if you want to nibble on crisps, crackers, a bit of cake to go with a cup of coffee. I've got lots of bits and pieces that, if you ask, I will provide. It sounds brilliant, uh, what you do, Nancy. What, what time does lunch start? We're open our doors at 10 o'clock for you to come in and chat, have cups of tea, coffee, and I serve lunch from around 12 noon. Fantastic, and that goes on till? Usually till all the food is gone, <laughs> which is usually about 1, 1.30, and I close up at about 3. So anybody can come to Bishop Auckland Baptist Church, generally on a Wednesday, but you also do this on a Tuesday and a Thursday as well? It's warm space on a Tuesday and Thursday, Technically, you are supposed to get hot drinks and cakes, biscuits, but normally I will put on some sort of food, whether it be beans on toast, scrambled eggs, bacon sandwiches, pies, whatever I've got, I will cook and I will offer to whoever comes in. But the, the main meal, like uh, today, is generally on a Wednesday? It is generally on a Wednesday, um, every Wednesday, even when I'm not here, it still happens some way, whether it be our another volunteer or Marion herself. But I always prep on a Tuesday evening for them. 
I can see some lovely food here. Uh, unfortunately, I, I can't stay, but I, I would love to. Uh, look, Nancy, thank you ever so much for talking to us here on Green Matters on Bishop FM. You're very welcome, and thank you very much for taking the time to come and see me. OK, thanks, Nancy. Listen to Bishop FM on your smart speaker. Ask it to play Bishop FM. Peter here to remind you that if you love 70s music, join me on Sunday afternoon from 5pm on 105.9 Bishop FM for the 70s hour. I'll have two from one great group or artist plus some nostalgic 70s records from the decade that we call the 70s. So join me, Peter Rush, for the 70s hour at 5pm this Sunday on Bishop FM. And don't forget that the 70s hour is now repeated on Saturday mornings from 7am. See you soon. Bye for now. Peter at the heart of the community on 105.9 Bishop FM. Green Matters is sponsored by Image Alterations, where the magic happens. Contact us through our website, imagebride.co.uk. Well, last week, uh, uh, on Thursday, uh, I went to see uh, Joanne Iston. Uh, she uh, runs the uh, community hub uh, in St Helens, Auckland, uh, and, uh, of course, is owner and founder of uh, Little Chefs, Big Chefs. Uh, and uh, this is what she had to say to me. I'm with uh, Joanne Iston uh, down here at uh, Little Chefs, Big Chefs uh, in St. Helen, Auckland. Uh, and uh, we're talking about uh, food wastes and you're here at the community hub. Mm -hmm. And uh, just just tell us what, what you do here, Joanne. So from our hub, um, we offer many services and activities based upon the needs of the community. Mm. So our main kind of offer and service is our eco-market, which is what is on today, where we offer surplus foods out um, in exchange for contribution. Them contributions are then used towards our other services. Um, so that is, we offer cooking workshops at the minute. Our main focus is family cooking workshops throughout school holidays. Right, right. We do fun and food service and activities through school holidays as well. That is through the local application with the AAP, where families come down, take part in activity, get a meal. We also do various social groups. So we have a craft group that runs. We have a social group on afternoon. Um, that is on a Friday afternoon as a kind of warm space where we offer a free bowl of soup or um, bone or another kind of snack. Um, and we do work with other partnerships. So yesterday we had on a Start and Solids workshop working with a local right. NHS trust um, and we do work this baby group Little Steps once a fortnight. We work with JNK Training. They deliver maths, functional maths from here. We work with Believe Housing, so two of their reps come down and offer support. So one of our team members comes down and the volunteer hours and are here to give people support as well fortnightly on a Tuesday. But we're always looking and listening to what people want, so we'll try and be reactive to them and offer whatever services we can. You sound very busy. So let's start with today, because when I came here, there's people queuing outside, mm -hmm. and you've got some lovely food, which I believe has been donated. Mm -hmm. So so what, what happens... On, on, on these occasions uh, that you're running today? So we have a regular group of our community that come and then we've got new people that come all the time and they come down on a basis of accessing affordable food um, and also they doing their part to help reduce the impact on the environment. People come for various reasons. Um, which is understandable and we don't ask them there's no criteria we don't ask no forms to be filled in we do ask the names and that's just purely so we get to know them and we can have a chat with them each time yeah. that they come down and break down barriers and we've got a lovely community so they'll shout out and ask 
what can I do with this? I'm able to be reactive and let them know, give them a recipe. So people can also access the free recipes, what I write out all the time. That's on the website, it's on the wall, and they are generally written around the foods that we have. So today we've got um, chicory in, which not many people know about, so I'll be giving advice on that, no doubt. Um, but, but it's, you know, people come in the space of the two hours, it's a steady stream of people, obviously. So, so you, you have food donated, mm -hmm. And, I mean, I've, I've just been out in the, 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 the main area and it's all set out lovely. You've, you've done a cracking job setting all that out. So people can come along and choose some things and, and take them away and then you, you, you give advice on, on, on cookery and that sort of thing. Food storage. And that's the idea. It's like a traditional green grocer. And... Yes, the foods may be surplus and people need to kind of readdress their thoughts on surplus food. It isn't second best. We are here to try and reduce that impact. There's nothing wrong with the food. And it isn't about, you know, offering food that is second best to people. It's about offering food that is perfectly edible, changing people's mindsets. And not only will they save money, they will, um, you know, help save the environment. The impact on the environment from food waste going to landfill is it's massive, yeah. and the amount of food waste there is, it's it it is shameful. So if we can help change people and help them make, you know, their outgoing costs a little bit better and and build friendships and things up with people. But they like the banter between us. We have a good bit of crack with everyone. We we get to know a little bit about their lives, and if people are going through struggles, then we know services where we can signpost them to and that's what the basis of it is about it's so much more than food it's food and it's it's companionship even though they just didn't hear for a short while and a lot of the people that come to to this eco market have then gone on to access the other services as well that's that, i mean isn't that great for the community mm -hmm. because you know people often want advice don't they mm -hmm. And, and another another big thing that you do that I, I, I know about, uh, and, and we'll point people to your website uh, shortly, uh, is uh, you teach people skills, cooking skills, and, and particularly the little ones. So tell us a little bit about that. So the organisation was set up to teach families and individuals originally and working in the community um, and it just kind of diversified from there to go onto the surplus food um, projects and then the hub. So what we do with that, we engage one of our main kind of projects with cooking is concerned is getting the whole family. So everyone comes down, mums, dads, grandparents can come with the little ones. Um, our youngest one that's been along is six months. We've engaged with a nine month. We've had them doing the bits of washing up and, and the jenny squishing of the food. So everyone is actively engaged in cooking their own meal or dish. Everyone is involved in clearing up. Everyone is involved in washing up kids and everyone learn valuable life skills. So we'll give them, you know, on that day, we don't generally offer um, courses that will say cooking on a budget or cooking to eat better. It's everything. So every session we do incorporates all them. So it's about reducing food waste. It's about giving them skills that they can use at home. It is about helping them make um, food more affordable where to shop. And again, it's that signposting. So that two hours is our time to kind of engage with people and hopefully engage them onto other services or signpost them to other kind of brilliant charities that we've got in the area and organisations that are doing work. Yeah, I, I mean... One of the things that I've learned, certainly this month, doing this programme on food waste, is that education about how to cook and what to cook and planning are very important things when we look at what food we eat and what food we want so we don't waste as much. What, what are your thoughts about that? Well, through the workshops and in the eco-market, um, we generally give them tips about how to store food and by storing food in a better way, then they're less likely going to waste it. One recipe which is on the website is a bagged salad pesto. So rather than throw the bagged salads out, so once they've seen a bit better days, they're starting to go limp. It's ideal to make up in another kind of dish. You know, you don't have to just automatically bin things. Once, and, and a big thing we try to change mindsets over here is about mindsets on best before. Best before is perfectly fine to eat. 
Um, it might have just gone past its best quality, but it's perfectly edible. Bread is generally up to five to seven days. Just keep an eye on it. Cheese, if there is anything that's on there, you can cut any mold off. It won't kill you. Obviously, that doesn't apply to soft cheeses. And the good thing is there, not only do we reduce waste here for foods that we can't eat or consume or pass on, and they have gone really past the best, we've got contact with um, local farmers, local smallholders, local animal charities that they take that on. As long as they're not in the food chain, we are fine with passing them on so there's literally no waste. Yeah, and I noticed, I'm, I'm just reading here, you've got... Uh a level three supervising food safety in catering. Obviously, you're keeping an eye on everything. Yeah, we have to. We take people's health very seriously. We know that if we were to put something out that isn't the best, it doesn't look very good. It looks as though we're treating people as second best and also it might make people ill. So hence why we have to give people storage advice sometimes. A lot of are knowledgeable, but some may ask. So... That the food and hygiene and everything is imperative, especially with the line of work, what we do. You know, the, the food might be a bit more... We have to keep an eye on what's perishable. And, and so, hence, when we've got the food hygiene, it's it's important to us that we had that level five, which we have. And all of us have the food hygiene level two, just to ensure that everything is safe. Good. Joanne, with all of this, I've got to ask you, what started your journey here? I, I know. I know the hub uh, has has not long started. Uh, I'm not not particularly just thinking about that, but I'm thinking about the whole thing because you're obviously involved in the community and you do uh, a fantastic job. But but what start? What was the thing that started you off? Oh gosh, gosh. Well, I'm originally from St Helen, Auckland. Right. So, um, so, it's, so it's your so community. It's my community. We don't live here anymore. But I'm always. I always say. I'm originally a St Helens girl and I always will be. That's where I was born and brought up. And I identify in this area, there's not very much. There's a lot going on wood. I was not going to Bishop. Um, and so it's important that we keep something in this community. Yeah. But the reasons I set it up, my background was working for Shoe Start at one point right. Um, right. early years. And then I did a spell with the Children's Food Trust as well. I found there was a big gap in the community. I love the fact that when we were in the shoe start centres, it was a whole community building, our particular one, everyone came in, everyone knew each other. It was a brilliant model and it was just so sad that that has kind of been taken away and in a way, yes, I'm looking to kind of replicate that. Um, but yes, yeah, so I identified that there was a gap really where people wanted to learn. I did it voluntarily with shoe start where I taught families how to cook, where we did it with adults, um, and then I've done work with people leaving care homes, Durham carers, um, and particularly working in schools and applying for funding. And the nature of the workers just kind of, I've list, rather than stay in one place, as long as I know I can, I can oversee and manage the project, I've never been afraid to take on something new. So as part of an organisation, we started collecting food from supermarkets, realised this was a massive thing, Yes, we were distributing it outside of a local children's centre and sharing it with the communities, but we saw there that this food could be accessed by people yeah. and by asking for a small contribution and that food, that money can be used directly to do with the projects. So we started the food project, the Surplus Food Project, back in 2020. It was known as a community pantry then and we were based within a local parish hall. Three weeks later, COVID hit, so we had to kind of readapt, adapt again, went out delivering COVID care parcels. And when we were able to reopen, um, we just used that time effectively to listen to what the users and the community wanted. And they said, you know, there's nothing on in the area. They wanted to do things. And we had the opportunity, we'd used the community centre where we are based now before for cooking workshops. And um, because we were funded by Believe Housing, this is a Believe housing property. We kind of knew that it wasn't being used enough. So I popped a proposal in to take it over. Um, that was accepted, had a big lottery bid, and then we've just moved forward. And the social groups have kind of set up as a um, from requests for people. So that's how it's kind of grown. And we just see where we fall. But in what you've been saying, Joanne, one of the things that's come across very loud and clear 
is that you talk to people and you listen to the community. It's what shapes us. I mean, in, in all of our funding bids, it's, it's something that they need to know as well. But it's important to us, was this point of us doing something that people are not going to want and we've got to kind of, we're the ones that are kind of tallied against the needs and disadvantages in the area and hopefully it'll work. But it's important to kill the bill, to build roots in the area. And it's important to build a relationship with the people that we are there to kind of support and serve. Um, and we love it. All of us in here, um, I mean, we've got a couple of volunteers in here today as well, and they come on board because they love it. They love the interaction with people. They love the fact that we can have a bit chinwag. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, we've had such a diverse group of people from all ages. We'll have the little ones in, not so many with the kids being at school, but yeah. the kids come in, they get a free snack bag when they come in. Um, we've got the winter court scheme that's there. We've got a little library that's available for books to go. We've got the paid forward donations, so if people are feeling a bit down or they are struggling, they can take them. And that's through the kindness um, of the people using this service, they donate it. And that's lovely to see that people are willing to support each other. Um, so it, it is a real community in itself. So we love it. We love it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was when I came this morning. It was great to see everybody standing outside, yeah. uh, very orderly. I, I might yeah, say. We are, <laughs> <laughs> we are British. We like the queue, so we have no problems with that. But the, I mean, the thing is, is yes, they may be out queuing, but they come for the companionship as well. Yeah. There's people that you would never have put together that stood next to each other and building up friendships so they know each other, they'll pass each other in the street, they know them from coming here. Your community hub is here in Selby Close in St Helens, Auckland. Yeah. I know Little Chefs, Big Chefs has a website, so what's the best way of people getting in touch with you? Joanne? Um, they can either do it through the website or all the social media posts. Um, all the details are on the website and I've popped it on Google so if someone types in Little Chefs, Big Chefs, it'll come up on Google. It does, it does because I've done it. Yeah, there's lots of information on there so it tells you about our work, it tells you about, um, the, you know, there's a link on there which I've wrote up a piece on food waste and climate change and why we do what we do. Um, there's information on all the services, what we do and what's on, so I can update that um, pretty much straight away. Um, there is recipes on there that is available, what people can print out, um, and then obviously all contact details on there. And on the social media pages, I generally put updates on there too, so we try and engage in many ways. I think that's the best kind of advertising at the minute. I think there's no need for publicity and printouts no more. And then it's more paper in the bin. No, I, I noticed you using a QR code, mm -hmm. which is, it, I'm, I'm told, is the big thing these days. Yeah, yeah, so you can use QR codes. So we have a QR code that's as a payment system linked to the website. So if people wanted to do things that way. So when people come here and they get the contribution, we have all aspects of payments available. Yes, it is a bit annoying if we have payment by card, that there is a, an amount taken off, but if that's simplistic for people, if that's a lot easier, um, that is fine by us. So we accept all forms of like the payment, um, just to make it easier for people. Um, I think the whole idea of this place, we're here to make people's lives a bit better and easier. So what's your website address, Joanne? So the website address, it's all the W's and it is littlechefsbigchefs.org.uk. That's the whole one word, little yeah, chefs, big chefs, yeah. all so one word. Search on, on Google or one of the search engines will, should bring it up as well. And the uh, address is on Google Maps. We also have many maps that's on the website too to find it. Um, people can get in contact with us through there or via Messenger on social media platforms too. I must admit, it was great you sending me the link mm -hmm. for the map because yeah. I, I knew roughly where it was, but it, it brought me yeah. directly here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't know this place was here. And you say you've only been here a, a few months. Since last July, we moved over. So it was a long process to kind of get all the legalities sorted before we took it over. So we're here for the long term. Um, and the, the building itself was an old warden-led communal hall, which is why it is tucked away amongst bungalows, and it isn't um, quite evident for a lot of people to find. We're working on getting a sign up outside as well. Um, but there's, um, you know, we, we're here to 
for people so hopefully once we get the sign up a lot more people will access the service and be able to find it but hopefully they'll have no problem if they look on google maps great stuff well joanne thanks very much for talking to us uh, here on bishop fm on green matters and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again yes so thank you very much and it's always listen to bishop fm on your smart speaker ask it to play bishop fm Hi, this is Gary Burgum inviting you to join me every Sunday lunchtime between 12 and 1 for some wonderful memories from the swinging 60s. We'll feature music from the Pirate Radio Chants of Radio Caroline, Radio London, Radio 270 and many others. Plus our 60s classic album track, a long-forgotten B-side and that song that should have been a hit. Join me every Sunday at noon or every Thursday at 8pm and we'll relive the swinging 60s. Join us for Green Matters, a new programme to complement the Green Fair at Bishop Auckland Methodist Church this year to be held on Saturday the 24th of June. Green Matters will look at the challenges we face to protect our planet, live healthily and sustainably and build a stronger community together. Join me, Peter Rush, for Green Matters on Sunday the 7th of May at 10am for an insight into our own community response. I look forward to your company on 105.9 Bishop FM for Green Matters on Sunday the 7th of May. Peter Rush at the heart of the community on 105.9 Bishop FM. Green Matters is sponsored by Image Alterations, where the magic happens. Contact us through our website, imagebride.co.uk. Now, recently, uh, I attended a Durham County Council uh, Green Agenda webinar, and uh, I met, uh, through that uh, webinar, uh, a, a fantastic young lady called Nikki, uh, who uh, is uh, founder and director uh, of uh, the uh, Refuse Cafe uh, on Front Street uh, in uh, Chesterler Street. And um, a few days ago, uh, I went to talk to her, uh, and uh, she showed me round uh, the fantastic warehouse. Uh, she showed me round the kitchens, the fridges, and uh, showed me all the operations uh, that uh, she gets involved in. And uh, I also uh, sat down over a, a lovely cup of tea, so thanks for that, Nikki, uh, and uh, spoke to her. And this is how uh, the conversation went. I'm with Nikki from uh, Refuse in Chesterler Street. Hiya, Nikki. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for coming down. Tell us a little bit about the cafe here, because it's it's a fantastic atmosphere. We're coming up towards lunchtime, and there's loads of people here eating and drinking tea. And tell us a little bit about the operation. Yeah, yeah. And anticipating is mount anticipation is mounting on what the menu is going to be like today um, at 12 o'clock. Um, yeah, the cafe is a community space that was built and is run by volunteers. Um, we collect about 12 to 13 tonnes of food that would otherwise have been wasted every month. That's a huge amount of food and it's sort of sorted in, in our warehouse space by volunteers and that food is kind of sent around lots of different projects and one of them is this community cafe where um, volunteers come on a morning at nine o'clock and they work out what they're going to do with sort of ready steady cook style what they're going to do with all the random food that has been collected and they put together a breakfast and a lunch menu um from scratch and serve it up on a pay as you feel or pay what you decide basis in the cafe so 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 does that does that change every day then yeah. depending on what 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 you've got what you've been what, what's been donated yeah it does yeah yeah the menu is different every day which is yeah which is why everyone sort of gathers around that blackboard over there to see to see what they're going to write up for lunch today um, um and yeah and, and it changes depending on what volunteers we've got in as well so we have we have sort of a stand a, um we've begun to have like a standard team on a tuesday and a standard team on a, on a wednesday and so we know the kind of you know you're going to get I mean, some dumplings if you come on a Thursday <laughs> and you're going to get something delicious and vegetarian if you come on a Tuesday. So, yeah, it's, it's a really kind of creative... So, you, 
It's Thursday the day to come then. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's Tuesday. <laughs> oh, Tuesday, of course, of course. I love I love Tuesday's vegetarian options, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lovely kind of creative process and it's really fun being in the kitchen to kind of, um, yeah, ready, steady, cook style. Like, what, what are we going to make today? Which is, yeah, it's great. So how many volunteers do you, do you, do you have here on a normal day? So we've got a, a kind of bank of like over 190 volunteers at the moment because we do loads of other projects as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But um, on a normal day, we can have maybe 10, 15 volunteers. We've got some people sorting food in the warehouse. We've got some people serving up teas and coffees out here. Some people doing the washing up, some people in the kitchen. Um, and we run a supported volunteer programme as well where... where um, People maybe with um, low confidence or mental health issues or um, or disabilities or, or autism can come and um, gain confidence and learn skills in the hospitality sector um, and have one-on-one mentoring um, from people so that they can yeah they can engage um, with the real fun of, of working in a, in a busy cafe um, but with a really in a really supportive environment so yeah that's a, that's the kind of additional volunteer cohort that we have. No. I know that on occasion you have a, a sort of uh, well, I've, I've written it down here as as you have posh meals, uh, so so you have a, a a chef come in and 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 do do sort of posh meals. So tell us a little bit about that, Nikki. Yeah, so these are our restaurant nights. Um, they happen every Thursday, and um, they're really good fun. Um, we run them as a kind of extra sort of fundraiser really for for more of the community work that we do um but they yeah we have guest chefs so um whether they are just people that are big foodies that have happened to have traveled to india and love cooking indian food or whether they're local chefs from other cafes and restaurants that um want to turn their hand at a challenge of of making up a new menu from scratch they're always different themes so i'm looking at the the restaurant night board up there now and we've got um we had a vegan tasting menu on last week and then we've got a quiz night next week we've got brazilian fusion uh and then middle eastern mediterranean asian Turkish, so yeah, lots of different kind of themes, and people um, pay a set price for a three-course meal. They get to choose um, what they're going to eat beforehand, bring their own alcohol, and have a really good uh, evening. And yeah, they're really, really popular. They sell out very quickly. Yeah, well, I did. I did say to you that uh, when when we were having a look round uh, earlier, uh, it was absolutely fantastic. What a fantastic space, by the way. But uh, so quail's eggs could well be on the menu later on in the week, then. Yeah, potentially. I wonder what <laughs> wonder what they'll do with them. Um, they'll def- they would definitely have been really good as a part of the sort of canopy menu that we 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 run an, uh, a catering com- uh, company as well. So we sort of go around and we've we've catered for weddings, um, uh, big 150 people weddings, or again using food that would otherwise have been wasted. Um, and that what a way to kind of revalue food to say actually it's going to be for the someone's most special day. No, no, you're not you're not a food bank. As- such uh, but you were telling me earlier that sometimes you do put uh, shelves up at the back of the cafe and uh, you do invite people in to to maybe um, to take on some some of the food that's been donated to you so tell us about that yeah so we have a community fridge and community shelves which are full of great selection of food that um, people can pick up um, and pay as they feel, pay as they decide um, for the foods that they collect. And we run shop days as well, so um, semi-regularly we open up our warehouse and put out shelves so that people can fill a bag um, with whatever food they need and um, and can collect all sorts of goodies. And, and that's helping, yeah, it's helping reduce food waste, um, but it's also hopefully helping people kind of top up their cupboards um, we're not officially a food bank. We have lots of partnerships with other organisations that are directed towards um, kind of more poverty and um, social inequality issues. Yeah, I was going. I was going to ask you about that, uh, Nikki. That that you have uh, partnership organisations, uh, and and one of them is all about teaching people that are coming back into the community 
what to do with food and how to cook and I, I think I could do me coming along to, to that yeah yeah people that it's called handcrafted and they yeah they have a wood workshop in Durham and then they have this community kitchen or a kitchen um, here um, behind the scenes where they yeah people can gain confidence and skills and also friends and, uh, and community and, and get some support from from trained support workers as well and yeah they cook they cook about amazing food every day um, and get to take it home or share it with their friends and yeah learning learning some basic cooking skills but also some some gaining confidence and friends and social skills as well which is a uh, yeah great and they, they might be people that have been yeah referred from mental health services or homelessness or um probation well it's all about building people's confidence isn't it it's it's just having the the confidence to use ingredients wisely uh, and and one of the things is is planning as well yeah definitely i mean yeah so so big part of what we're trying to do is raise awareness about food waste and um and get people to have a really real think about um food waste that they they produce it maybe in their house household so 70 percent of food waste that happens in the uk is um it's from households sort of challenging people to think about what are the kind of resources that have gone into making that food so what what water what land what energy and people's time has been used to kind of grow and produce that product and then ship it to us and get it make and cook it and get it onto our plate you know it's a huge environmental cost so having some different strategies that you can think of to, to reduce your food waste at home will make a real big real difference to the kind of climate and, and biodiversity crisis that we've got coming up um, so yeah planning your meals is a big one um, uh, having having a plan of what you're gonna buy before you go to the shop looking in your fridge of what you've got already working out how you can incorporate using your leftovers into the next meal and freezing things using a freezer and um, all sorts of little tricks like that um, the love food hate waste website is really good for little tips on food waste reduction if you want to, to look into that uh, just just give us some stats about about what we waste in the UK yeah so as I said we you know 12 tons we collect every month but that's so the tip of the iceberg so um yeah in in the worldwide we waste a third of food that is produced for us to eat um which is 1.3 billion tons a year um enough to be feed 10 times the population of the usa um and that has a huge kind of environmental impact so food and agriculture is is responsible for about 25 to 30 percent of greenhouse gas emissions um it's the single biggest contribution contributor to biodiversity loss to deforestation and drought and fresh water pollution all that kind of thing our food system is responsible for a lot of environmental issues and to know that all those facts and then know that we waste a third of it um, that means that we uh, our, our greenhouse gas emissions just from food waste alone is about 10 percent of the global greenhouse gas emissions which is um, more than double the aviation industry if food waste was a country it would be the third largest emitter of greenhouse gas emissions after the us and china China. Um, and in the UK, we waste 9.5 million tonnes of food waste every year, two-thirds of which could have been eaten. And um, an area the size of Wales would be needed to produce all the food and drink that would be wa- that have been wasted in the UK. That's the stat that really shocked me, the, the, the size of Wales. Yeah, I mean, we, we need a lot of land and water and resources and energy to, to make our food and to use all of that and then to just know that all of that food just goes to landfill and emits methane as it does so. Um, it's, it's, it's such an obvious... It feels like such a huge issue um, but is such a kind of obvious solution to the, the climate and biodiversity crisis that we face of just how are we going to feed our, our population as it grows uh, maybe we should just stop wasting it in the first place yeah we need a big old rethink of our food system and, and particularly of, of what we grow and produce in the uk as well i wanted to ask you nikki um about because you, you sort of set all this up, really, and you're, you're a director of the organisation. And I, I just wanted to ask you, um, when was it, 2015? Yeah, so we, yeah, we, start, we set up in 2015. Um, me and my best friend were living in a sort of crazy community house and we were, um, collect, we were rummaging behind the backs of supermarkets and uh, discovering food waste 
in the bins and um, at, at, at first we were kind of shocked and taking pictures and sort of being Twitter activists of trying to take down take down the major supermarkets from the from the comfort of our pajamas on Twitter <laughs> um, and uh, and that just kind of snowballed from there I don't think we ever really envisioned that it would become this at that point but um, yeah we went from rummaging around the backs of supermarkets to to engaging with supermarkets um, and going uh, doing kind of consultancy for them and working you know working out how we can set up um, redistribution systems so that we can go through the front door and collect um, food before it goes into the bins. So how, how did the how did the cafe and and this magnificent uh, warehouse and and magnificent operation that you have today just sort of five six years later? How, how did that all come about? Yeah, so we went from we went from uh, sort of collecting random bits of food that, for, from from the bins um, and serving our friends and family to just being a bit overwhelmed by getting our name out there and suddenly food. Uh, surplus food arriving um, and, and collecting it. So our, our living room suddenly became full of full of tins, and um, we had sort of a, a stall outside the front of our house with signs saying, "Please take this for, for anyone walking past." And my car was constantly full of food, and um, and so we sort of thought, right, we we started doing pop-up events in in County Durham, so in um, taking over church halls or community centres and um, running these kind of like. 100 and 150 people guests coming and uh, we just spend spend a couple of weeks collecting all sorts of food gathering some volunteers um, and then yeah putting on this sort of banquet events um, in, in, in community centres and church halls um, so yeah we did a crowdfund campaign back in 2016 um, we got lots of people um, excited and um, supporting us and uh, it was a long long story short but we we, uh, we found this space which was an empty shop um, on the high street in Chester Street we we just gathered a load of volunteers amazing people really that that's from electricians and plumbers to kind of just people who wanted to wield a, a paintbrush and um, this place was was built with our bare hands um, by by yeah by a huge collection of people that were really supportive even just with their finances as well through the crowdfunder uh, yeah and it was amazing amazing project that almost killed me <laughs> <laughs> But it did, thankfully it didn't. And and you were saying in lockdown, um, you, you, you did a lot of work on the warehouse as well. So tell me about some of that work that you did in lockdown. Yeah, so lockdown was obviously a, a challenge as it was for many, many people. Um, we, we closed the cafe, obviously, and... Um, and became a food distribution kind of charity hub. Yeah, so we we were we sort of joined forces with lots of other organisations and had loads of volunteers coming and packing boxes and delivering food to people who were stuck inside or um, vulnerable or or just yeah really struggling at that time. And over and we we also made hot meals in boxes that we delivered to people that maybe didn't have the cooking facilities or or ability. Over the the whole of lockdown, we delivered uh, 90,000 meals um, so uh, that was us and handcrafted yeah <laughs> um, plenty <laughs> plenty of hard work um, but then through all of that yeah because the cafe was closed um, we had a rethink about what, what, what our operations and facilities here and and we're thankfully able to get some amazing amounts of funding and support from various different grant organizations and, and the council and things like that and so we extended our kitchen to make it a much bigger space to be able to um, have more people training and, and learning to cook in there and um, and then and then built a kind of walk-in fridges and big kind of cupboard spaces to be able to sort and um, and kind of manage the logistics of, of 12 tons of food coming in every month and um, yeah, that's made a huge difference to our organisation, and in, we kind of tripled the amount of food that we were collecting um, over lockdown. And, and, and is, is is that still so now? You're still collecting as much as then, and, and, and it's sort of gone on from there, really. Yeah, it's a really interesting one because we we do sort of want to be an organisation that is campaigning to end food waste in the northeast. So um, we, you know, seeing food waste triple in. Um, is is both the kind of triumph at our achievements of of, of growing as an organisation, but also but also just devastating that that that, that amount exists, and um, and we don't really want to see that increase at all. We want to see it decrease and want to put ourselves out of business almost. Um, 
So yeah, we and and uh, yeah, there has been a really interesting development in the last few months that um, all supermarkets are almost all you know they're working towards it um, now. Not doing, yeah, best before dates on uh, fruit and veg, and that then means that we're like we're getting less fruit and veg um, now, which a good thing. <laughs> it's uh, and it just it just means that our kitchen staff have got to be challenged on how to how to make fresh and healthy food um, with less fruit and veg, and that's okay. We kind of are doing things like batch cooking and uh, and making soups and all that kind of thing that's uh, that's working around. So. Well, you, you've got some. You've got some fantastic freezers round the back, so I presume you can sort of cook it and then freeze it and then distribute it afterwards. Yeah, definitely. Yes, just being learning to be creative with food, um, which is what we tr- what we would love everyone to be able to learn to do at home as well. So it's a it's a good place to learn those sorts of skills and techniques. Yeah. And the uh, lunch menu's just gone up. Nikki, so what's on the menu today? Today's menu looks amazing. There's, look, we've got a, a ramen noodle broth with gyoza. That sounds fancy, but then also a mushroom stroganoff and a, a roasted tomato, pepper, and garlic pasta um, soup, cauliflower bake. Mm, that sounds good. So yeah, there are lots of options on carrot and lentil soup, kebabs, and all of that is served on a pay-as-you-decide or pay-as-you-feel basis. So there's a sign-up on the wall over there that says, food is not free, it is valuable, and so are you. So pay-as-you-feel, um, and you can pay with your money, time, or skills. So you get given an envelope when you come up to the till, um, and in that you, can, uh, you could pledge your time. Or you could put um, however much you want anonymously into that men- into that envelope. So you, um, whether you give two p or twenty pounds, um, you won't be judged for that. And uh, and it makes that a really kind of inclusive environment in this cafe. Um, looking around, as you can see, we have just a real selection of different types of people from all sorts of backgrounds. And um, whether you're coming for a fancy flat white or whether you're just coming for the only hot meal of the day that you're going to get because you're really struggling at the moment it's a it's a kind of inclusive and welcome environment for anyone yeah it's it's well it, it's packed i mean it's just coming up to lunchtime now as you say the menu's just gone up and and there's hardly a table to be had is it is it like this every day yeah yeah it is yeah especially at 12 o'clock it gets quiet in the afternoon but yeah and we've got a really great um play area for kids as well so it's a it's a place that yeah lots of people really value as a sort of a, a hub of community and a good place to come to to meet friends i just wanted to ask you finally you said to me earlier you're doing a, a dissertation and and all, all the very best with that but what, what are you doing your dissertation on yeah so i'm doing a master's at the moment in food policy so um what i'm doing my dissertation on is a, is a good question because i'm uh, i'm sort of writing the proposal now but it's uh, yeah it's going to be around food waste and and um the power of community and um, to bring bringing people together over a shared meal and how um, how that can transform communities and transform people's lives now how can people see what what you do here what's what's your website and how can people contact you yeah so our website is refusedurham.org.uk um, and uh, we, the best place is our, is our Facebook page I think if you're on Facebook um, search Refuse Cafe or Refuse Durham or Refuse Chester Street um, that's, that's the place to go for kind of finding out about all our restaurant nights and we also a big thing that you'll notice if you're on our Facebook is that we, um, we give out waste not boxes which are boxes um, huge boxes full of amazing food a real variety whether it's fruit and veg or dairy and meat products or um, or ready meals, all sorts of stuff um, that we collect and then um, give out on Thursdays and Saturdays um, and you can come to the cafe and buy them for £15 for a box and then you, you, you're done for a family for a week really with all of that food. Um, so they're really popular um, and you can find out about how many we've got available and all that kind of thing through our Facebook page. Well, thank you very much for your time, Nikki. I do, I do really appreciate your time. And uh, all the best with it all. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at our Green Fair in June. Oh, yeah, looking forward to it. That'd be great. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming down to see what we do. Well, that's just about all we've got time for uh, on uh, Green Matters uh, this time. Thanks to everyone uh, that gave up their time to talk to me about food waste. And uh, we'll be back uh, in five weeks' time. 
That's uh, Sunday the 7th of May. Look after yourselves. Bye for now. On 105.9, on your mobile and online at bishopfm.com. This is Bishop FM News. The disruption at the port of Dover is continuing this morning with additional overnight ferries failing to clear the backlog. A spokesperson says they hope to be on top of the delays by lunchtime. The Foreign Office say they're working hard to contact three British men who were being held by the Taliban in Afghanistan. They're understood to be paramedic Kevin Cornwell, tourist Miles Routledge, while the third man's identity is unknown. Pope Francis has opened the celebration mass in St. Peter's Bronchitis. And in football, West Ham face Southampton today before Newcastle take on Man United. Man U boss Eric Ten Hag rejected suggestions that Marcus Rashford's trip to New York during the international break was a bad thing. They need times that 